Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Bryant. Hey. And Alex. Hello. This week, we're going to talk some game news and go over the 2021 release schedule as it currently stands. But before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K., Tom Z., Chris K., and Alan K. for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests here at the Midwest Gamers Podcast, but you also get access to the horror movie yearbook bonus episodes. Uh, I don't know if they have a special name like we do because they're not like, you know, they're cooler than we are, so... You know, they, they're just bonus episodes. Yeah, they're over just there. bonus episodes. So that's definitely a perk, as well as access to our Discord, which you can talk to all the hosts of any of the shows on the network, which is pretty cool. Uh, and as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch, as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. Feel free to throw your free Prime subscription from Amazon Prime at us if you haven't used it already on somebody else. And if you have used it on somebody else, then next month when it resets, give it to us. Yes, please. Alex. Or just subscribe. Or just subscribe. You True. can. But if you like people like free things too. Like if you have Amazon Prime and you're already paying for that and you get a free subscription through Amazon Prime, you can always just give us the free one. So your call. We appreciate mm-hmm. anybody who it subscribes. It pays for all the lobster we eat when we go to Boston. Yeah, yeah. And by all of the lobster, I mean usually one dinner. <laughs> Half a dinner. Yeah. Uh, Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes, the Horror Movie Yearbook Boys just released an episode this past Friday called Eulogy for the Video Store. Uh, The news came down that the, uh, basically the incubator for the Midwest Podcast Network, known as uh, Family Video, is uh, the, the chain of video stores is now in liquidation mode and they will be shutting down. And so they took some time to talk about not only family video, but other big major video stores and some mom and pop video stores in Michigan. So please go check that out. It's a great episode, Um, especially for those Mm. of you that have the fondness of walking down the aisles on a Friday night looking for a game or a movie to play uh, or watch. So um, and for their bonus episode, they go a little more in depth on the Resident Evil showcase, which we aren't really going to touch on today, except for the demo that came out for resident evil village um so go listen to that if you are a patron it's available now but if you are not it will be out this friday in their main feed cool that's a bummer about family video i guess they didn't push that cbd enough huh (laughs) you know what they lasted a lot longer than i think a lot of people thought they would and um you know my own qualms against how that company was run and how they treated their employees aside. Uh, I did really love family video as a customer back in the day. And even afterwards, after working there was, uh, um, you think the pandemic was just the final nail in the coffin or like, for sure. I think it accelerated things quite a bit. I think them having to close for a certain amount of time was really rough. And, um, and you know, I think a lot, a lot of people are staying home, which is good because they should, but, uh, Makes it kind of hard to make it out to the video store. It's crazy. This was the first time that, like, I think they were closed on Christmas because usually we would have to work noon to to midnight on Christmas, um, and and things of that nature. So it, I think it just kind of got to a point where it didn't make sense for them anymore. But um, I think the writing had been on the wall for quite a while. I'm sad for the folks that are losing their jobs because I know that uh, some people certainly relied on the income that came from there, but. Um, you know, it's, 
it's sad to lose video stores, but I have to imagine that like as physical media continues to dwindle, I don't really know that that'll be much of a thing anymore. They had like a very limited 4K Blu-ray selection. They still had a great deal of normal DVDs in the store. Um, and you know, less to a lesser extent, um, you know, normal Blu-rays were kind of like a good half step between the two, but it's just a very different, uh, different landscape out there now for home media. And, uh, you know, family video wasn't, they, they survived a lot longer than I think a lot of people thought they would. You know, I, when I was working there 10 years ago, that was when all the blockbusters were shutting down and, you know, we would have customers walking in and being like, Hey, how long are you guys going to be around? And we would be like, we're still here, you know, we're doing great. Numbers are good. And they were for quite a while. So, um, they stuck it out as long as they could, I think. Um, but you know, always sad to kind of see that kind of change happening. And, uh, honestly, like if I'm hopeful for anything, it would be really cool to have like a mom and pop. I would love to open up my own mom and pop video store, <laughs> but I don't know that it would make any sense as everything's shutting down. It'll, so it'll be uh tied into steel pizza. Yes, yes, and our our uh, video game museum yep. next door. Pizza, pizza movie night. Mall. You know, go and you get a yep. pizza, and you can you you get you get a movie to pick out and take home and to eat with your pizza from Steel Pizza. Yes. Uh, one other thing I forgot to mention in the plugs for the network, there are some rumblings that uh, there could be a film nerds on the horizon. So, if for some reason you had unsubscribed, please go resubscribe. We should have something out for you soon. Um, but uh, more on that later. So, bam, cool. Uh, I'll go first with what I've played because it's real short. But okay, <laughs> I've only played the Resident Evil demo. Um, yes, and uh, Alex and I were discussing it before we started recording. But that, like, if same thing as when we were talking about Demon Souls, if this is what we get to look forward to in terms of like the beginning of this console generation, we are in for a serious treat because. That it, that's one of the. I mean, it, it's just first person Resident Evil for the demo. All things said and done, like it was nothing special in terms of the actual gameplay. I think it was just a visual representation of what they're hoping to have in terms of fidelity. But like, yeah, holy crap! Like, unbelievable. They're the lighting effects that they're using are just like incredible. I could not like. I'm sitting here playing it, and I literally would stop and just be like, "Wow!" <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it is very. It's very stunning to see. Uh, I played it on PS5. Is it only on PS5 right it's, now? Yeah, so it is ex- It is an exclusive demo available only to PS5 owners, and it is not even... The gameplay that is in that demo is not even in the normal game. It is just meant to be kind of a showcase of the technical power that will be on demonstration in the next-gen versions of the game. Um, so I, I believe it is also coming out. One of the announcements from the showcase is that it's coming for PS4 and Xbox one as well. But, uh, of course I think the best place to play it is going to be on these newer consoles. And it's like that demo is 4k resolution, 60 frames per second with ray tracing. And I think, I think it's 4k resolution. It might be under that, but either way, it looks nuts. Like I sat down to play it last night just so that I could talk about it today and as soon as I booted it up and started seeing how it looked, I was like, John, you should download this real quick just so you yeah. can get a sense of, of what's going on. Cause it's just, it's stunning. Like this yeah. is, it's, it's the, like, I, I literally like Megan came up and was, in, you know, watching me play for a second. And, and I was like, this is a video game. <laughs> and even mm-hmm. she was like, look at the wood. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause like, there's like, you walk into this like entrance foyer area to this mansion and like, 
just the all of the wood accent that's on like all the banisters and the stairs and everything. You're just like you look at it and you're just like wow. Like you mm-hmm. totally just Owen Wilson the fuck out of it while you're in there. It's <laughs> it's just unbelievable. So if you have a PS5, take a second. It's like three, almost four gigs. So if you have decent internet, it maybe take you fifteen minutes to download. Um, That's really small, and uh, it's yeah. it's incredible, man. Yeah, and I guess the other thing I will say they did uh, they did not announce that the that the PS4 version would have any sort of VR, uh, which makes me very sad. But at the same time, um, I played the game last night at like I said around like one in the morning with headphones on, and I was pretty much just as terrified as playing <laughs> yeah. VR. So it, it, it'll probably be fine, but it is a little bit of a bummer that they don't have a VR version to go with it. I I think uh, playing playing that game in VR was playing seven in VR was pretty incredible. I'm kind of curious. I, it made me almost curious to go back and play seven in non VR because I never did that. And I know that the VR mode was a bit of an image quality downgrade as well. Um, just to, just to kind of compare, but I haven't done that yet, but yeah, it's, it's fun. It's cool. If you have a PS five, grab it. because It's free. I think it takes really good advantage of the 3d sound. Uh, I didn't, I don't have the ability to do, to utilize that necessarily because I don't have the fancy PlayStation headset, but um, in playing you the demo, there were a couple of instances of like things happening and you don't know what exactly happened. You just hear the sound of it. And I'm assuming having that 3d positional sound is super helpful for that sort of thing. So, so my understanding is basically any headphones that you plug into that controller will take advantage of the 3d oh, sound okay. stuff. It doesn't have to be, I was just rolling Sony through the TV headset. speakers. So, mm-hmm. which the TV up yeah. here has okay speakers. I mean, they're not yeah. terrible. So. Yeah, but yeah, it very cool, and it's free. It's a free demo. Download it on your PS5. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Send us some mm-hmm. email comments or hit us up on Instagram or something. Yeah, and go check out the horror movie yearbook bonus episode uh, if you are a patron right now or later on if you are not, uh, and hear more about their Resident Evil thoughts. Uh, there is another game that they announced called Resident Evil Reverse that will be coming with Resident Evil Village on May seventh. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it, it looks like kind of a multiplayer PVP kind of game. Uh, and you know, it looks interesting, but I don't know. We'll see. Yep. Anyways, Alex, what else have you been playing? Um, I've been playing, so I've mostly been playing a lot of Hades, <laughs> which, uh, after getting a taste of what it felt like to clear that game, uh, I'm kind of addicted to it now. Uh, last time I think I had only cleared it like once. I can't remember something like that. Uh, I've cleared the game 27 times now. Jesus. And, um, it's when you get a good run with the right boons and you can just lay out the damage, it's, it feels great. It feels really good. And there's still like, as I said last time, the end of like the real story of the game finishes after 10 clears, but there's still other things that you can kind of wrap up and do and little morsels of story that you can get from, uh, you know, building your relationships with some of the other characters, um, after that point. And, you know, they also have, I don't remember if I talked about it, but after you clear the game once, you have the ability to add these modifiers to your run that either make the care make the enemies more powerful or make them, uh, give them like extra shields or make it so that you have to give up a boon before you leave each level of the, uh, of hell basically, or, of the underworld 
things of that nature that kind of make it more complicated or harder to do to, to complete the game. And as you add those up, you will get more of the like currencies that you use to upgrade weapons and things of that nature. So, um, plenty of reason to sit there and play more of that game. And I, I adore it. It's incredible. And I think at $25, it's a thousand percent worth it. And for less money, it'll be even more worth it. So check out Hades. Um, Real quick, I checked out Assassin's Creed 3 Remaster because for some reason I really wanted to play through like the old colonial American Assassin's Creed and then I actually started playing some of it and was like, I don't want to play this Assassin's Creed game. Um, (laughs) So I stopped. That's how I feel when I start every new one of those. Well, you know what sucks is that I downloaded that game. I bought it off the Epic Store, which number one, Screw the Epic Store for a lot of reasons, but <laughs> we won't go into that. Um, but when I boot it up to play it and I'm using my new Xbox Series X controller or whatever whatever on my computer, it doesn't recognize the inputs properly. What? It doesn't even, like, it doesn't understand. So I had to literally add the game via Steam and then play it via big picture mode f- for it to be able to properly recognize the fucking Xbox controller. Weird. It's... Hmm. Very stupid. Like there, there were like things on the internet that were like, "Oh, you can edit your any configuration in order to like actually use a control on this game." I was like, "No, I'm not going to do it that way. I shouldn't have to do it that way." So that was dumb. Um, and then I played some of the Old Republic because it kind of popped into my head, and then Gladish talked about it. Uh, I'm not big into MMOs, and I think I will continue to not be that big into MMOs, <laughs> but um. It's fine. Uh, I, I, I really only got through like the first level that, that they have in there. And, and it's, it seems okay. It's all free. So it's not like you're losing anything by trying to play it. But A lot of um, time. According to Gladish, the story for the Jedi is pretty good. But the gameplay is better for kind of the more ranged uh, characters that you can play as. So, um, you know, I don't know how much I'm going to stick with it. I know that he's started characters and things in different places to be able to play with people if anybody joins them. So I'm sorry, Gladys, since you're watching that. I, I don't know how, how much I'm going to stick with it, especially with, you know, my addiction to Hades still running strong. But, um, yeah. The Old Republic's out there for people to try if you're looking for more Star Wars. And I hear there's a potentially a new KOTOR game in development as well uh, that's been long rumored for quite a while, so... Um, and then two other things. I started playing Kentucky Route Zero on the Switch, Hmm. um, which is an indie game that came out over several years in different chapters. Chapter 5 finally came out last year with this TV edition of the game on consoles, and, um, it's pretty interesting. It reminds me of, like, a combination between, like, a visual novel and, like, an old, older, uh, point-and-click adventure kind of game. Um more oriented towards kind of the visual novel side of things. Cause so far, at least I completed chapter one and, um, or act one, excuse me. And, uh, it's, there wasn't a whole lot of gameplay to it. There's just a lot of places to explore and things to look at and talk to. But, um, it, it seems pretty cool for anybody who's looking for something a little more narrative focused and less kind of gameplay mechanics. See, uh, Kentucky route zero seems to be out there and I'm excited to see what the rest of the game unfolds. It starts out very, it feels like a very, um, I think people have likened it to kind of like a twin peaks kind of vibe 
in terms of the story. And, and I think that fits pretty well. So I'm interested to see where it goes and, uh, and you can kind of make dialogue choices as kind of the, the biggest, um, agency that you really have in the first act at least. So we'll see if that develops and if there's more to it after that. And then finally, uh, as you will know, in our release schedule, Hitman 3 came out this past week, um, but I've had Hitman 1 and Hitman 2 for quite a while, haven't really tried them out. I booted up Hitman 1 and played through the first tutorial mission, I was like, this is pretty cool, and then they were like, okay, now assassinate the same dude, but just do it some other way, and here's all these things in the level that you can incorporate to do that. And um, then I was like, this is too much choice to make. And so I was like, I'm going to stop right now. But I eventually came back to it last night. And um, it's that game is super dynamic. And I know Gojo's been on here to talk about it previously. And he's also playing the third one, I think, pretty obsessively at this point as well. But um, it's pretty interesting how just how many different choices you can make and how you want to deal with the situation for that game. And I think it's very admirable. And I get why people like it and it's really cool that they just kind of list out like here's all the different disguises that you could take or like they just have this list of challenges that kind of point you in a direction and say hey use this rat poison this time or you know uh there's a going through this particular way or use this person's disguise to get in that kind of thing so it kind of points you in the right direction to make your own fun but i hear that the third one might do a little bit of a better job of kind of like holding your hand for your first time or two through a level and then, you know, giving you, they have like A and B plots for each location. And I think there's like five or six locations per game. Um, but in the third one, they do a better job of kind of guiding you through the level your first time through, and then you can come back and do more if you want to, or you can move on and just kind of gather the story if you like. But, um, it's, it, the first one seems good. Um, and, and I'd like to play some more of it, but I, I honestly kind of feel a little compelled to try out the third one just to kind of see um, how well they kind of move you along uh, and get a little bit more of that guidance from what I've been hearing from people playing it. So I may or may not do that, but uh, yeah. I believe you, th- like if you have the uh, old ones, you can integrate them into the third one so you can ha- have VR support and all that. Yes, my, my, well, yeah, so Hitman 3 does have VR support on PlayStation. If you buy the PlayStation 5 version, you get a free copy of the PlayStation 4 version to play it on VR, even on your PlayStation 5, Um, because that's the way these things work for some reason. But, um, yeah, they, they, I think there was an issue with, I think Hitman 3 might be exclusive to the Epic Store. I'm not sure if that's true. Yeah. So they're currently trying to investigate a way to allow people who buy it there to bring their PC stuff, to give people who buy it there access to the first two game stuff since it's cross stores, like the other ones were on Steam. So they're trying to figure that out at least. But at least on console, I think it's pretty easy to be able to like boot up Hitman 2 and say, hey, I have Hitman 3 now. And then they download add-ons for Hitman 3 that give you all the Hitman 2 stuff. And they did the same thing for Hitman 1 when Hitman 2 came out. So it all pulls forward into Hitman 3. Um, so at least that way, any like small advantages or changes that they made in how the game plays should be applicable to the earlier levels as well. Um, and yeah, I didn't even think about the fact that you'd be able to play it in VR on all the levels. That's pretty insane. So um, yeah, but I may, I may 
check that out. Uh, maybe if I find a good deal on it or something or something like that, or if, you know, we're really in a drought for video games, I might pick that up just to have something newer to play. But that's it for me. Right on. Brian, what about you? I bounced around to a lot of different games. As, I was as like really usual. in a, uh, but I mean, there's usually like one game that I stick to as like a main game though. Yeah. Um, but I just haven't really, I haven't really gotten into any single player games lately. I've just been playing pretty much all multiplayer other than Hades, but I kind of like took a break from that starting last week, partially because I just kept failing in the exact same spot. And also Alex's sudden and frequent success getting past <laughs> that point frustrated me a little bit. I'll be honest. I, I will say that specific spot. And I heard it from other podcasts this week as well. The specific spot that you're getting stuck at. Once you find a way to master it is the point where the game just kind of becomes, this is, I need to keep playing this. Like I need to keep going through this and figuring it out the last boss is still a challenge. But the boss at the end of Elysium is particularly tough in a certain way because you're facing like two boss level characters at once. And so I really hope you stick with it and you figure it out because I think there's a lot of different ways to attack it. Like not my way isn't the only way to do it, but you know, it's <laughs> it's worth sticking with it to to try and see the rest of the game. Yeah, I've seen videos of your way, and I don't even know how to accomplish that with all the boons in the game, so I probably just, will have to find my own way. Just continue mashing uh, dash strike. That's all you gotta do. That's all I do. And then get boons that make that more powerful. But how do you fists. not take any damage? That's what I don't understand. There's there's Pegasus boons that make you sturdy, which means you, you don't get staggered, and you take either no damage or less damage when you're when you're being when you're sturdy. And so mm -hmm. there's one that allows you to dash and become sturdy and a hundred percent faster at the same time. <laughs> and if you continually dash and fight at the same time, like you're taking very little damage as you're doing that. But yeah, I mean, I'll definitely go back to it. I still think it's fun and it, I just needed a break from going through the same levels and never getting past that. That's fair. It's like, even I think I was actually having more fun when I would fail earlier on, but I was literally just getting to the Elysium boss every time over and over again. Cause the rest of it's just easy to me, no matter what weapon I use for the most part mm -hmm. um, at this point. So it's like, I, yeah, I've gotten better at it for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, that being said, I like was struggling to figure out like, some kind of faster paced shooter to play. Cause like nothing that's out right now really scratches the itch of like, a, like a fast paced shooter, you know? But, um, I mean, cause destiny might've been the closest thing to it in a sense, but the, the crucible in that game is just a mess at this point, And I just have no interest in it. Um, so I started playing Titanfall, the original one, a bit because I own that one. And then within like a day, I was like, I should probably pick up Titanfall 2 instead because then I can actually play online. There's a, like an actual player base for that apparently still. Um, so I picked that up for like six bucks. That was six dollars well spent. I've probably put 
well over a dozen hours in it in the last week or so. Um, it's it's aged well. Like it doesn't feel several years old or anything. It's just super smooth gameplay, solid. Even the single player I played for maybe like twenty minutes still feels great. Definitely want to play through that again. Um, and that led me to try Apex Legends again because it's in the same universe. Um, that's pretty fun still. It's not super fun to play with people that really know what they're doing and you don't. That kind of is a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Corey. (laughs) No, it's still fun to play with you, but I feel like I'm dragging everybody down. You probably Uh, are. So, yeah, I wish I had uh, a couple friends to play that with that uh, are kind of new to it. So I don't didn't feel like such a scrub. But anyways, so then also played Battlefront 2 a bit because that was free on the Epic Game Store. That's more fun than I remember because I think I tried it with EA Play like once. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful and it runs so good it's and sounds so good it's just very you know star warsy did that does the version that came out does that have all the dlc in it or no do you have to buy Um, it separate it has a lot of cosmetic dlc for sure like really good skins and stuff but like the different jedi that you can play as and stuff yeah yeah they ended up unlocking that all of that for everybody Okay, okay. Because of That's all cool. the backlash, like, Battlefront 2 is in a really good place at this point. There's a lot of different levels and stuff. That's all part of the game for no charge. Um, and then I tried some more Star Wars Squadrons, because, you know, one Star Wars game leads to another, apparently. <laughs> uh, I think I still that's called the Rule really, of Two. I still suck at that game, but it's still fun. I actually took the the Alex approach and played the support class for a while because I got frustrated not killing anything, and that was surprisingly satisfying, just, like, healing everybody else. Yeah. uh, Resupplying. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to us actually getting a full squadron together, but uh, we'll see how that works out. Yeah, we tried to play the other night, and because I bought it on the Epic Store, and because Origin really sucks, I was having trouble stuck in like an update loop that wouldn't let me actually boot the game. Yeah, I, like, uninstalled the game, and that didn't work. I eventually had to like find the hidden caches for Origin on my PC and just delete them, and then boot it up again, and it worked. So, I don't know. And of course, Rainbow Six: The Old Standby is still always in the playlist. Uh, we had a five stack last night for a while. That was pretty fun, actually. Um, and then after that, my fun went downhill <laughs> very quickly in playing a game that should be the least serious and most fun among us. I had a great time. <laughs> but, what you're talking about. I mean, I'm I'm glad to my expense or at my expense, everyone else had fun. But like, I mean, I. I think the odds of what happened to me are very slim, like to none <laughs> yeah, for the yeah, most part. I yeah. probably spent about an hour straight not talking to anybody because I was either immediately dead or <laughs> didn't know about a game mechanic and immediately got voted out of the ship because I was the imposter immediately. <laughs> so I yeah. spent so- an hour 
playing a social game being completely unsocial because you're not supposed to say anything when you're dead. I just make stupid ghost noises to rebel against that. And it just, it wasn't enjoyable. I also don't like that map that we were playing as I yeah, learned. We uh, were playing a new map and we play, we probably ended up playing on two different maps and we played about like, I don't know, maybe four or five, six games tops. And, uh, the first, the first game, first game, I was the imposter for the first time. I did manage to win, but I killed Brian the first thing. Like I, I, I took maybe one step. Yep. Like I, I hadn't even left the emergency table, like meeting table. And I was dead. That's and, not true. I didn't <laughs> kill you out in the open. You got to, you no, got you, to a task. I don't think so. I think I'm, I was literally I'm, out in the open. Everybody had just scattered. I would never have killed anybody in the main office room in that map. I would not have done that. I, I think you were at a task and you were like just about to click on a thing to do it and I managed to kill you. But to further add to my unsatisfaction, I did manage to finish all of my tasks once as a ghost and we ended up losing anyways. So I, yeah. I wonder if like like maybe did we miss the boat on like streaming that so other people can like watch our crew of people play it? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I think I think people are still watching those streams. I don't know. I think it would be fine. I mean, I woke up this honestly, morning and Megan was watching some super obnoxious fucking people play that game on YouTube. It was just a YouTube like recap or something, and yeah, there was all this screaming and shit, and I'm like, what the fuck are you watching? And she's cracking up watching these people play Among Us, and I'm like. Like, did we miss the boat? Like, there was one fucking play last night that was fucking incredible. It was incredible because <laughs> we were like, we were like this close to completing every task, and there were like four of us alive, and there was only one imposter, I think. And it was like Laddish's sister, Brian, myself, Fuzzy, and Tyler. And we. We were like, all right, we have, like, one person has tasks left. It's Brian. Brian's got to do his tasks. Let's group up on Brian. Just follow him around as he's going to do his stuff, okay? And we follow Brian to do some tasks, and we get to this point in electrical where there's a task that Brian hasn't done before and didn't quite know how it worked. And so Fuzzy and Tyler and Brian and I are, like, sitting there at this task, and then the lights start to dim. So fuzzy and Tyler went away to go and take care of that. As Brian's like, I don't know how this things work works. I'm trying to do it. We're not supposed to be talking, but he's trying to do this task. Fuzzy and Tyler walk away to deal with the lights. And then Tyler comes back. I'm standing right on top of Brian and he kills me and he goes back to the lights. And then he and fuzzy figure it out. He lets fuzzy walk back over to Brian and see my dead body right on top of Brian. <laughs> And he's like, it's fucking Brian. So he reported it. And then he tells everybody, he's like, Brian is standing on top of Alex's body. <laughs> and I so, didn't know because I couldn't see it. Yeah. Brian, Brian had no fucking idea because he's sitting there trying to do this fucking task. Also, I'm absolutely dog shit at this game. So, <laughs> so it was How just are you dog shit fucking... at a game that has two buttons? <laughs> like, <laughs> It's too simple. There's like nothing. Like I can't manipulate everyone then that's all you have to do is you have to do st simple tasks very quickly and socially manipulate you're, everyone say you're just not I'm you're not enough of, of a sociopath that. to like just take advantage of people <laughs> while you're doing the other shit so no and like every time i'm trying to spread rumors and lies nobody fucking believes me anyways 
the problem is so that the Tyler killed me, and there was Fuzzy Brian and and uh, and uh, Gladys's sister left, and so they voted Brian out, and he went out the vent or whatever, and then I think somebody called an emergency meeting, and since like the game didn't end, they knew that it wasn't Brian. <laughs> or no no no. They vented Brian, so there were only two of them left. And I was so excited about what I had seen, I didn't realize that the round wouldn't have finished. And I was like, Tyler, that was fucking masterful. And I gave it up oh, while they were still playing. Oh, man. But he ended up, he ended up, I think, killing one of the two, and then the game ended anyway because it was so close. So it didn't end up mattering. But I felt so bad when I did it. It was... But... God, it was. I was just so impressed by what I witnessed that I couldn't. I couldn't keep it in. It was incredible. I think honestly, the other issue I run into too is partially just the unfamiliarity of like having not played it very much. I can't just rattle off where I was doing things and what I was doing, like a lot of people can. And I mean, part of that's just because it's not memorable either. It's like every room looks the same for the most part. So, like, I literally have to see an image of the map and with the names on them to remember, like, where I was at. Like, yeah, it's like, I would it, do maybe better, if they were, like, if, if they were color-coded or something, and you could be like, yeah, oh, that, that mean, blue room, blah, 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 like, for people who well, can't they also, remember like, shit. pop up the name of the room when you walk into it, too, so that also helps, but... It does, but if you're not, all, like, if you're not paying attention to that stuff, because, like, it's hard, you know, it's, you know, it's almost like, it, it's like walking past the gun in Bloodborne. It's, like, almost exactly like that. <laughs> You're just. I think it's a little so, different. You're so in but. the moment, you just completely miss an entire mechanic of the game. You know it, what, it what I'm saying? It probably yeah. doesn't help that by the time we usually start this, I'm a few drinks in. Yeah. Again, well, I'm going yeah. to throw it out there. To, to, you play every game better with a couple of drinks in you, man. Not that game. But that's the kind of game you I would, should was, play better because was, it's a social game and it's simple. Well, that was also after like several hours of Rainbow Six, so you were more than a couple drinks in, probably, <laughs> and probably a little more tilted couple, than normal. Actually, only actually, I don't know what more tilted than normal would be with just you. Taking it like easy, just tilted in general is like a you're just tilted. But the other thing that I'll say is that like even when we play Rainbow Six, you know the fact that they rework these maps aside, like I never remember the actual names of any of the fucking rooms. Even though it is on the screen yeah, when you're walking yeah. to well, it. Yeah, whenever, whenever I'm on cams, I'm sitting there sounding like Porky Pig trying to tell you guys what the hell room we're looking at. I'm just like, <laughs> and, I'm, and I can't. Like. And that's the thing. We've been playing that game for years, and I still don't know what any of those damn rooms are called. So the fact that you've played <laughs> two hours of Among Us and you don't know what the rooms are, uh, you're not like, you got to play more of a game to really know it well enough at that point. I don't know. Like, everybody else is either they're very good at fabricating stories about what they've been doing, or they just have picked up on it already. Well, I don't know. Everybody if you've else this, that we were in there with, and most of his friends are all sociopaths. Like that's the first and foremost. That part. too. Like, that yeah. I, that yeah, ties into it. They true. also they specifically played this game for months before we even considered it. So yeah, fair like enough. almost everybody, like everybody except Gladish and you and me, had played that game several times before. And so, like, you just have to... There's things that you're going to have to learn. The fact that you didn't know that there was a camera that could watch you as you killed somebody. Like, I didn't know that either. I just got fucking lucky as I was murdering people. But, well, like... 
The, yeah, it's it's just there's thing there's dynamics to every video game that you're gonna need to learn as you sit down and play it. And this game has literally no tutorial or anything for you to be able to learn that stuff. But uh, the camera thing was ridiculous. To yeah, me. I mean, like, you made nobody very mentioned well. that the entire time we played the last time that there were cameras. Yep. Nobody needs. And to I still don't understand hey. how to use them. It's like there's one room that you can go to to watch the cameras, and Haj just happened to be on a camera and watching. The one like, it might time also, I was the imposter. And it might also to kill be, someone, and we had just started. Like, who who's going to go for the cameras immediately at the might very beginning be, of a match? It might also be a task. Like, it might be a task. Like the thing that the to other thing watch that Hodge had done do everything. I don't think no. it's a task to watch cameras, but I think any wise player like would go and check them real quickly first. Like at least for the first round to see if you can get one of two imposters sorted and, out. Like. And it was fucking Haj. Like, Haj has also played the game a shitload. Yeah, that's true. So, like, him going there, he also had a... I think he had a task where you have to, like, check vitals or something like that. And that reports everybody's status. It might not be a task, but you can at least look at it to see if somebody's died in the time, even if nobody's discovered a body. So, like... He's he's on another level than us, and uh, you know you can't expect yourself to be perfect at the game within the first fucking hours of you playing it. So I think you need to give yourself a little bit of credit, and also you know like it just takes time. You gotta. I wasn't great at Rainbow Six the first time I picked it up. You and were I'm also still pretty good. bad at Bloodborne to start it out. You know, like just saying. And also true, and I still haven't improved with that. But you know, I gave it up, and now I'll never be good at it. So you can do the same with Among Us if you like. At least you know to check the steps now. Yeah, yeah, true. I don't know. I have, I'm envisioning my own more memorable version of this game. It just came to me. Like imagine, for example, we're like on a bar crawl for like a bachelor party or something. And uh, people start dropping off, getting murdered. I could remember which bars and stuff we went to. I could remember who was singing, you know, BG's karaoke or something. <laughs> so that's the easy stuff to pinpoint or like where I was doing shots. That's my yeah, but these are all like if you were version. doing a bar crawl, these were these would all be locations that you have already like been to several times and like memorized, you know, like oh yeah, fair enough. We were at sneakers and then we went to <laughs> fucking Tony's or some shit like. My my favorite versions of this game are playing fucking Secret Hitler or Hail Hydra or fucking The Thing board game with Ooh, people the thing. at a yeah. table and doing that type of shit. Because that's when shit gets really fucking, like, people are going to tear each other apart and things are going to be bad. <laughs> like, there's There's been some really, like, duplicitous shit that's happened when I've played those games with with my group of friends. And it's... It's great. It's great. Like, that feeling of betrayal, like, I don't know. The fact that you can compartmentalize some of that stuff away, I think, is an advantage. But Maybe we all um, just need to pick up that Dead, Dead by Daylight game and play that, like, and and do that kind of shit, you know? I've got that, too. But that, that's Friday the 13th. You don't want to play that. I don't want to play Friday the 13th, but I'll play <laughs> Dead by Daylight. As long as he's not Jason, maybe. it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll, as long as I get to play one of the kids, you know? I don't... Like, I can't play Jason coming straight from Destiny. It just doesn't work. Gladish is a big fan of the Predator game, which is also similar, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe we just that. need to play more I of those and, like, stream that kind of content. I don't know. It, I don't know if it'd be as funny as Among Us, necessarily, but... I don't know. Send us feedback, yeah. listeners. What kind of streaming games would you want us to play so you could watch us be stupid on the internet? For sure. Yeah, tell us, three people. That's Two of the spirit, which Brian. probably us. Welcome to the ad spot for role playing and role playing. 
an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast based in the Midwest. We like to have a lot of fun, some laughs, and definitely a lot of character development too. So feel free to check us out on Spotify and anywhere podcasts are really available. Also, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at rroleplaying, which is spelled R-O-L-L. It's like a play on words. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right, let's get to some news here. Uh, Zip through it. So, yeah, I'm going to cut a couple things off the end here because I don't think they mattered too much. But uh, Lucasfilm Games is back. There's new partnerships out there. And uh, Wired reports that um, not only is there a new Star Wars game coming from Ubisoft Massive, it's an open-world game from those behind uh, The Division, The Division 2. I hope it's a bounty hunter game. It should be. Um, But there's also an Indiana Jones game coming from Bethesda and the team at, uh, what's the name, Machine Games, the people who've been Mm -hmm. making the Wolfenstein games for the past few years. That's exciting. Um, but the big the big story here is that Lucasfilm now has a games division again that is actually doing things, and they have uh, EA no longer has the only rights to produce Star Wars video games, which I think is great. Um, I want to see these new games from other studios with new ideas. I want Yoda stories too. Give me that. <laughs> need it. Um, and I just want to see people make weird Star Wars games again. I think it would be very exciting. So, yeah. any other thoughts? Indiana Jones as well. I think that's great. It's, it's, it would be very cool for Microsoft to have their own Uncharted-style uh, exclusive, if this will become an exclusive of some kind, but I think it would be fun to see what they do with an Indiana Jones game, because uh, it's been since, like, the Xbox, since we've really had one at this point, so. Yeah, I, just, I don't know what sort of support... Like, like, is are they gonna is massive gonna drop off supporting Division Two or like what the plan is with that necessarily? Like, or if they have another division of Ubisoft that's gonna take over the support for Division Two? But I'm excited to see what they do with the Star Wars universe and the lore and everything because it they're yeah if 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 it's some kind of division style third person cover shooter bounty hunter game where you just you get sent off on bounties to hunt down specific people in the star Wars universe. Awesome. If there's any like ship flying aspect to it too, if they do everything I wanted out of destiny originally and just (laughs) did it better, that would be cool. I mean, shit, even if it's just fucking the Mandalorian, the video game, absolutely pieces of Beskar armor that are different, like quality and stuff like that. I'm totally down. Yep. (laughs) Different purities of Beskar. Yeah. I'd definitely be down for a, destiny or division style star wars game i just also want to be able to get a like a nano puff hoodie that from the division on my Biscarian mandalorian person and you know <laughs> put on a, a beanie with a propeller at the top of it or whatever fucking loot you can get in the division nowadays puffy down north face vest <laughs> yes yeah so Anyway, more more Lucasfilm type games from different people. I think it's a good thing, and we're excited for definitely. It. Uh, the Shry guy, Jason Schreier, over at Bloomberg, is reporting that Blizzard absorbs Activision Studio after dismantling their classic games team. Uh, there were a lot of announcements of new teams, new new studios from former Blizzard execs last year. And it turns out that's because Blizzard just fucking Activision deleted that team, basically. Um, and they have assimilated vicarious visions into their, into their, uh, 
their main operations for Blizzard now, apparently. Vicarious Visions, of course, is responsible for some of the later Destiny content, Destiny 2 stuff, uh, some of the expansion work that kind of helped build out that content. But they also more recently did the Tony Hawk 1 and 2 remaster, uh, which received great critical acclaim. Um, but now, supposedly, according to Jason Schreier, they're working on a remake of Diablo 2 under the Blizzard banner. Um, and, you know, I think this is just confirmation that the uh, the Blizzard that we once knew has completely died within Activision, which is sad. Uh, Brian, I don't know if you have any other big thoughts on this one. Not really. That yeah. sums it up pretty well. Yeah, it's a just, bummer. Just the, more doom and gloom from our best buddy, Jason Schreier. <laughs> Can't, Shrug, can't bring us anything fucking happy in the industry. He's just got a shit all over it. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, well, the Warcraft 3 remake, the remaster, whatever it is that came out last year, was critically destroyed because apparently it didn't do any of the things that they said they were going to do with it. And on top of that, they like forced anybody who was playing the original Warcraft 3 to upgrade to this new version to continue playing it, um, which I think was really... That made a lot of people, a lot of the Warcraft 3 fans, extremely angry. So, you know, hopefully they figure out a way to right the ship, but it sounds like whatever we knew of Blizzard is once gone. I know the uh, World of Warcraft expansion that came out as well was not uh, not as well received as people would have liked. So, bummer. Yeah, I just, uh, just want to know who hurt Jason Schreier. Like, <laughs> where, where did, where did things know, go wrong in his life that he is who he is now? <laughs> Because I, I used to like him, but now I hate him so much. <laughs> I still think he does good work. Uh, I get but that he's not I would just really like for him to like produce something that isn't negative. Everything he does is negative. Yeah. I well, don't know. Anyways. Some people are like that. Yeah, I guess. Um, PC Gamer reporting Gabe Newell says Valve has, quote, games and development that we're going to be announcing. Uh, this is a good article, mostly about him moving to New Zealand after like a 10 day trip there at the beginning of 2019. <laughs> Cause that's what you can do when you're a billionaire. Yep. He's yep. magically uh, turned like I'm going to stay somehow turned into Tom's dad. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's, uh, he's basically, he, they talk in this article a lot about how he's considering having valve move down there. Um, but they're obviously, he's not forcing anybody to do it and. You know, they want to kind of wait and see how things improve in the United States, um, if they improve, hopefully. Um, and obviously people have families as well, so it's not that easy. But they also talked about maybe moving some of the big esports uh, majors, you know, the international and CSGO majors down there. But they also touch on the fact that releasing Half-Life Alex kind of made them pumped to be doing single-player stuff again, and it's made some momentum inside the company to do more of that, so... Cool. Uh, hopefully, we start seeing more single player stuff out from Valve. Yeah. Um, and then real quick, uh, supposedly there's a rumor that Mass Effect Legendary Edition will be coming out in March. Eurogamer says they have it on pretty good authority that a March twelfth uh, release date that was teased by a uh, Singapore retailer, um, and somewhere else in uh, Indonesia as well have been listing March 12th as the release date. So that would be pretty exciting for this remaster yeah, of the that. Mass Effect series. It's been uh, longer than usual since I've replayed through that. I, I used to do it every once in a while. Yeah, I have not replayed any of those games since 3. 
released and I finished that. But um, I think it would be nice to see what they do with, especially the first game in terms of like quality of life improvements. I, I know they're not doing like full remake on these, but um, you know, I know the Windows versions of those games kind of lack controller support in some cases and look a little bit rough. So I think it'd be nice. They're remastering yeah. it in 4K Ultra HD. So the first one, uh, I tried to play it when I had EA Play the last time, and it's it's pretty rough. Like when you've played through the first one several times, the controller, and then you try to play a version that doesn't support controller at all. It's just, yeah. it's really weird, but it, it does look really nice. If you download a bunch of mods, <laughs> did, uh, did it make the, um, did it make the Mako any more usable? <laughs> no. Well, I never had any issues with the Mako. I loved it. That thing is a fucking disaster. <laughs> it's, it's a fun disaster though. No, it's not. But I enjoy driving in games probably more than hey, the average let's make person. it so when you hit the jump button in this large tank that it only goes up and does not continue any forward momentum that you mm-hmm. have maybe that'll help people traverse this rocky planet <laughs> <laughs> anyway hey kevin i heard you're looking for a new video game podcast i am looking for a new video game podcast i'm looking for one with these specific parameters frequent dark souls comparisons whining about frame rate and detailed analysis of how fast or slow your character is in the game Do you have that for me? Oh boy, I have just the podcast for you. It's called Jump Crouch, and you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or any podcaster. You can also go to jumpcrouch.com to see more. That sounds like the plan for me. All right. Uh, Yeah. Let's talk about the 2021 release schedule. Yeah, so I'm going to go through and pick things out from uh, from the month. If you guys see anything that I skip over, of course, please let me know, but I'm going to go kind of quick here. Um... This month, there's a few things that are already out. I know a lot of people liked Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, uh, which is the the beat-em-up game that was delisted for quite a long time through Ubisoft. But that's now back out and available for people to purchase. Um, And Hitman 3, of course, came out this past Tuesday. Um, So those are pretty exciting. But other than that, it's a pretty quiet January up until the medium comes out on the 28th. I think that's probably what we're going to be talking about in the future. Uh, because it is coming out on Xbox Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a play, uh, an Xbox exclusive. So um, excited to have some of the uh, some of the exciting Xbox exclusive stuff actually coming out nowadays. So, um, and then as of January, I think that's about it. Unless you guys see something else that uh, I you can pre-install the medium right now on Game Pass. Just so you know. Cool. Awesome. I will have to do that. So that'll be out this next Tuesday. Cool. Or no. Yeah, this next... No, that's... Thursday. Thursday, actually. Sorry. Weird. Video games only used to come out in one day a week, and it was good. But now that's not true anymore. Yeah, like back in the day, I used to have that as my regular day off, just because all the cool shit came out. Hmm. There you go. Uh, For February... Um, Werewolf the Apocalypse. Early on. February yeah, 4th. Yeah, so what's this? Huh? This is just what is Werewolf the Apocalypse? This is based off of the role playing game. It is based off a tabletop role playing game. It's upcoming action role playing video game developed by Cyanide and published by Nacon. It is based on White Wolf's publishing tabletop role playing game Werewolf the Apocalypse and part of the larger World of Darkness series. Uh, it, it looked like a really cool action like RPG from the trailers that I've seen of it. Plus, like I'm slightly familiar with the tabletop RPG though I've never played it, but I've always been interested in it. 
Uh, I think there there was a uh, a card game as well that tied into it at some point, okay. much like Magic the Gathering and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm pumped to play this. It's uh, it's going to be out on Windows, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Series. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, I can't decide if I want to get it on PC or if I want to get it on PlayStation just to give myself something else to play on PlayStation. But I'll have to figure that out. But yeah, I want to I want to yeah. check that out for sure. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, got a bunch of Neo remastered stuff coming out for PS5. Uh, yeah, I think it would be pretty cool. I think it's also coming. The Neo Two, as Brian brought up last time, is coming to PC on February fifth. Um, and so I, it would be kind of nice to go back and play both of those on PC or on PS Five at this point. Um, I just remember but, how hard some of those bosses were, and I don't know if I can do that to myself again. <laughs> yeah, I, I still want to go back and finish uh, Demon Souls. So, yes, I, don't, I, I feel like I have what i want out of that so one thing honestly i enjoyed the boss fights in that more than i enjoyed them in like bloodborne though because i could understand what they were doing more like Mm. they're i feel like their actions are like more telegraphed they're they're, they're more predictable whereas like in dark souls or demon souls or anything you it's hard because some of those enemies are so big they're not even on the screen yeah. Yeah, and there's usually like so much like crazy artwork shit going on that you can't even tell what the fuck they are yeah. or what they're doing. At least that's my experience. And it's easier with the smaller enemies, but yeah, like the large bosses and in, in those from software games, I just I can't even tell what the hell they're doing most of the time. Yeah. No, I I can yeah. I can understand that. Neo sure. bosses were definitely hard though. I think Neo 1 was the first, like, Souls-like game that I got any considerable amount into. I don't know how far into it I really got, because I think that game was really long, actually. But, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it was good. It was quite good. So anybody looking for some Souls-like games, Neo 1 and 2 coming to PC and PS5 uh, on uh, February 5th. Yep. February 12th has Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Uh, this is the remake, a remaster for, um, not remaster, but it's a port of Super Mario 3D World from the Nintendo uh, Wii U platform. Um, one of the final exclusives that didn't make it over to the Switch yet. Not sure why it took them so long. But it's a really solid Mario platformer, more like... Um, more like your Odyssey or things like that. This is not like the new Super Mario Brothers series. This is more like a traditional kind of Mario level run around and do things rather than side scroller. So worth checking out if people have it. I think Bowser Bowser's Fury is a new mode that is exclusive to the Switch version, I believe. So um, it's got uh, Mario as he winds up in a place called Lake Lapcat and teams up with Bowser Jr. to stop Bowser. So. If you got a switch, there's something to play. Um, anything else here in February? Uh, I just want to mention on the 25th a game called Wrath: Aeon of Ruin. I was just reading about it because I was curious as to what it is, and it's it's the first game in 20 years to utilize the Quake engine. Wow! Um, which that I, sounds oh, uh, cool. Like that's kind of crazy. It's it's uh, produced by 3D Realms, which I don't know what they've done lately either. Um, they had a hand in Ghost Runner. Okay. In, in some capacity, like maybe just publishing or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's mm. it's nothing special in terms of graphics because it's running the Quake engine, but it, I guess it's it's like a fantasy-ish, I don't know, it looks a lot like Doom, 
Doom and Quake. Cool. Based on what that's I'm looking cool. at. But no, that's cool. It's it's, it's, it's fun. It's kind of interesting. Like I want. I bet you it runs at like four thousand frames a second. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's coming to. Um, so I think it's it might be out in early access. Okay. Already, but uh, the full release might be coming on the twenty fifth. Oh, is so, there ray tracing? February. I don't know. There should be because Quake RTX is out there, right? They should they should they already have that stuff in the engine somewhere. <laughs> Um, Yakuza Like a Dragon, the seventh game in the Yakuza series, is finally coming out for Windows and Xbox uh, on the 25th as well. I think it's out for PS4 currently, um, not for PS5, although you can backwards compatible play it. But that'll be out. Bravely Default 2 is a cool, it's a sequel to uh, a DS game called Bravely Default, which I think was one of the better... um, RPGs, JRPG games that came out on the on the 3D or on the DS uh, within the past couple of years, and it's it's a very interesting battle system. You have the ability to like borrow and steal from your future and past attacks, kind of. So you can like bank up a bunch of attacks if you want to attack somebody one turn a ton of times, or you can kind of hold off. Uh, it's very interesting, so cool. it might be worth checking that out. And uh, supposedly Destruction All-Stars, which used to be a um, launch title for the PS5, is supposed to come out in February at some point. Uh, That was the vehicular combat game that they showed off. Um, So it's to be announced still for February, but um, would be nice to have another thing to play. I feel like that's the kind of game that would be good on PlayStation Plus, and I feel like they should announce that, but I don't know if they will. Right on. Uh, Um, March. Moving into March. Uh, that's Yakuza Like a Dragon comes out on PS5 on March 2nd. Nice. So that's not nice. too far I off. still feel like I would want to check that out, but I haven't committed to that yet. It looked cool. Like the little play, the, some of the plays that I've seen, like playthroughs of like the demo that they, because I think they let people who were demoing the, the Xbox Series X uh, prior to release got a copy of that. Yeah. Yeah, I just like the idea that it would be... Uh, like a more of a turn-based RPG rather than the kind of beat 'em up that the that the older Yakuza games are. Um, I'm trying to double check here, but I think so. I think this is true. Uh, Prince of Persia: Sands of Time remake is supposed to be coming on the 18th. I thought it maybe got delayed, but I think it got delayed to the to March 18th. Gotcha. Um, that's a somewhat of a remake from the. PS2, yeah, Brian's Brian's got a devil working its way out of his stomach or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Sands of Time is a great Prince of Persia game, kind of the first game in the modern Prince of Persia canon, and uh, which has kind of been um, overtaken by the Assassin's Creed games in the Ubisoft. Uh, I was gonna say, I feel like oeuvre. Sands of Time was what kind of inspired the Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it was the next logical progression because there was a trilogy of these Prince of Persia games that came out in like the PS2 and uh, Xbox era. And then, uh, you know, the Assassin's Creed stuff took over at the PS3 and 360. So I think this game was incredible at the time. I'm kind of excited to see what they do with the remake. Cool. Um, So Returnal, I believe, is a PS5 exclusive coming on March 19th. It's a third-person shooter that we've seen a few different... uh, They just started uh, releasing a ton of promotional material for this game, like showing you the different systems and gunplay and things like that. It looks really cool. Graphically, it looks incredible. Um, I I mean, maybe I'll pick this up. I'm not sure, like... 
And we'll see how much yeah, time so this I have is, in my life. But this is by the Housemark guys who did like Super Stardust HD and Resogun, I think, on previous uh, previous PlayStation titles. I think. Let me make sure that I'm correct about that as I say this, because I feel like it's kind of a weird fit for them. But um, no, that's right. Yeah, but this one looks more like a like an alien-ish inspired uh third-person shooter. So, I think uh you know, it looks interesting at least and it'd be cool to see a PS5 game. It says uh here it is technically like a first or second party game cuz I'm not sure if Housemark is fully owned by Sony. This is being published by Sony though. Yes, so it is like a second party game essentially and it says here that it's going to take advantage of the dual sense and the 3D audio of the PlayStation 5. So, will be cool to use more of the PlayStation 5. Um, anything else in March? I think there's a new Monster Hunter game coming to the Switch that incorporates some of the stuff from uh, Monster Hunter World. Yeah, you've got Monster Hunter Rise coming on the 26th, along with the It Takes Two game by Hazelight. Uh, mm. That was the, what's his name? Um the uh, Ferris, yeah, the Ferris brothers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the dude who made a way out. Yep, and uh, then they have uh, there's a Terminator game coming out for PS5 on the 26th of March as well. Uh, yeah, I think this is a this is like a it's like a re-release. Yeah, or like a I didn't even know they made a version. I didn't even know they made <laughs> they made a Terminator game at any. I think point. it's because it's probably bad. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Uh, Disco Elysium um, Final Cut supposed to come out sometime in March. That's exciting. Something to to look forward to. Uh, that's about it for March. Uh, uh, Kena Bridge of Spirits was another game that they showed in some of the PlayStation showcase. It's also coming to PS4 and Windows. Um, that looked pretty cool by Ember Lab, who's done work on like movies and things of that nature before. This is their first game, so cool. Uh, moving um, on to April, Outriders. I'm definitely pumped about Outriders. That comes out April 1st. Uh, there's a demo of that hitting pretty soon, too, if I'm not mistaken. February, yep. Um, which the progression that you make in the demo will carry over to the final game, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's looking... A lot of people are comparing it to Gears of War and Destiny. That is, like, the main comparisons I'm seeing. Uh, so that looks cool. Then what else do we have here in April? We've got Near Replicant. Uh, yeah, which is the remake, I believe, of the first Near game that came out for PlayStation 3 and 360. Um, after the success of Near Automata, I believe they decided to go back and remake this one. So um, should be interesting at least. And the new Pokemon Snap game is coming on the 30th of April for Nintendo Switch, which I know some people have been waiting for. Right on. Um... Resident Evil Village on May 7th, as I previously announced. Uh, Hood Outlaws and Legends is something that we've seen in a few of these next-gen showcases that looked kind of interesting. Some type of action-adventure game. Um, but Deathloop, Brian, I feel like you're probably excited for Death- Deathloop. Hell yeah. His bowels are excited for Deathloop. <laughs> this is the next game from Arcane Studios. Um, and so these are the guys that made the, uh, uh, what are they called? Dishonored. Dishonored. Dishonored series, yes. Uh, we've Prey. seen some trailers for it. PlayStation 5 and Windows uh, might be a timed exclusive for the PlayStation 5 in terms of consoles, but you'll be able to play it on Windows as well. Uh, it's a first-person shooter, right? And and kind of um, 
it looks like there's kind of two different sides. You can either play as this person who's trying to assassinate several targets, or you can play as the woman who's trying to assassinate that dude. Um, and lots of weird time time loop stuff going on. So kind of curious to see how that one works. Mm-hmm. Uh, for June, the 22nd has Back for Blood, which is the Left for Dead spiritual successor. That um, If Horizon isn't coming out, the sequel to Zero Dawn... This year, then Back for Blood is absolutely my most, most anticipated game of the year. That would be pretty, you know, I, I'm I'm excited for it just because I know that this is a game that probably like Nick and Willie will probably pick up as well. Um, and it'd be really cool to, to get everybody to play. I don't know if it's going to have kind of cross play or not. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't see why it wouldn't, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it was like... It already felt and looked great in the alpha. Like, Zach and I played it together a, a little bit, and uh, we had a blast, and it's, it's very much in the vein of Left for Dead. It definitely scratches that itch for sure. That's awesome. I, I mean, I've been, you know, hearing all these stories about people playing left for dead and I never really got into it at the time. So it'll be cool to kind of re-experience that as a new game. You should still play left for dead because it still holds up. It's still fun. I'll still play anytime as will probably like a dozen of us on the server. Maybe one of these days, but honestly, I feel like at this point might as well wait for back for blood. We'll see. Um, And then there's a few other things. Ghostwire Tokyo is supposedly coming in October. No solid release date. We've kind of reached the end of what is currently scheduled. And, of course, all of this is subject to uh, any type of change given the the world that we're living in here. Yeah, I mean, we're um, assuming that the majority of this will change. I mean, there, there is a massive list of games that are supposed to come out this year below all unscheduled releases. Uh, and I mean, I'm assuming a bunch of these are going to get pushed off till next year. Who knows? You know, Vampire the Masquerade is something I was excited about. I don't know if that's ever going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, so Braid Anniversary Edition is on here. Braid was a really, really great, uh, puzzle game. One of the first Xbox Live Arcade games that came out. It took me a while mm-hmm. to get to it because I didn't have an Xbox for a long time, but were you I'm able to finish to that play game? Uh, I did, but I think I looked up one level. Like there was mm, one okay. detail that I did not understand and I had to look up, but I've forgotten it at this point. So I think it'll be fun to go back and see what I remember and don't remember. Yeah. That game broke my brain in ways that other games haven't. <laughs> Honestly, only the witness has broken it more. It, yeah, exactly. And they're both <laughs> Jonathan Blow made exactly. games. So I, I'm, I'm excited to re-experience it after, you know, not really remembering everything from it now that it's been so long. Um, the other news we didn't quite get to cyberpunk, the PS five and Xbox series X versions are expected in the second half of 2021, which is longer than I anticipated, but you know, clearly they have a lot of work to do on the console versions as they're porting those over. That's longer than they anticipated, honestly, because, um, Yeah. yeah, that, that was part of their whole announcement. As far as their roadmap went, they kind of pushed that back to, to work on, more pressing matters yes which is the right way to go about things i would assume mm-hmm. um the dark pictures anthology once again i owned the first two but the third one is supposedly coming this year that's house of ashes 
Uh, this is from the guys that did Until Dawn. Um, but it is out for all of the platforms like the other two games are as well. So um, I've heard that the, the co-op play in those games is a lot of fun, whether you're doing it over the internet or couch co-op. Um, so hopefully we can get some of those this year. That would be fun. Um, this is a Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance game. I don't know what that is. They showed that off. Um, I don't remember where exactly. But I remember seeing. I think maybe it was Game Awards last year. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel like you might be right. And it's cons- this is meant to be a spiritual successor to Baldur's Gate One and Two. Well, I mean, um, Dark Alliance came out like Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance came out in uh, on the original Xbox as well as the PlayStation Two, PS Two. Yeah, it was awesome. I don't know if anybody played that game except me, but it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I remember I played a little being- bit pretty um, pretty happy with that one it was just a great dungeon crawler like over like top down dungeon crawler with like really cool like effects and graphics and things and uh multiplayer yeah it was it was great um they they showed this off it looked it, the the whole trailer was from the perspective of like those chess mounted gopros that's like facing the character or the person who's wearing it do you mm. remember that i feel like i do yeah i it's the trailer was nothing special by any means. It was kind of just like, why are you doing this? You want me to throw up watching this? Like, <laughs> but uh, I'm excited to see them do more with dark Alliance. Cause I remember, I just remember the, the original game being really cool. So, yeah, no, that's cool. I, I, I feel like that name brings back fond memories of that PS2 game. So you probably still have my copy somewhere. I don't think I do. Actually. I don't think I do. That might, I think you might've traded that one in at some point. But I'm sure it's like three dollars on eBay, so we can get it. I have an Xbox uh, copy, I think, as well. Okay, because I bought it to play on my 360 when they unlocked the uh, backwards compatibility. Now you need a Series X to play an Xbox game. I guess, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Far Cry Six, that's exciting. Supposedly coming out this year, but not really. Yeah, it was unknown. originally timed for like Valentine's Day ish, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, and I think it's been delayed since then. Uh, the Evil Dead game as well, something that the horror movie yearbook guys were excited for. There's also Earth Defense Force 6 is coming, so I'm sure Gojo would be excited to talk about that one. Yep. Um, there's a, The God of War sequel was something that I think they said was coming in 2021, but I feel like a lot of people are talking as though that's not true. So I don't really know <laughs> what's happening there. Same with Gran Turismo 7. Um, Gotham Knights is the next game from WB Montreal. The people who are making like Arkham Knight and City and Asylum. Um, I didn't really watch anything on that during the DC fandom that happened in August of last year, but looked like an interesting kind of co-op version of some of those Arkham games. It's probably going to be yeah. the Avengers for DC. <laughs> But it might be a better game, actually. (laughs) It's entirely possible. That is entirely possible. Those Batman games are super solid. Like, I didn't finish the last one of them entirely, but the other two I played the crap out of. Yeah. So that's exciting if that does come to pass. It's scheduled for quarter two or quarter three at this point. Um, There could be a final release of Grounded coming at some point. Um, and it might be interesting to hop back into that when there's a little bit more to it. That'll be on Game Pass, of course. Mm-hmm. Halo Infinite got delayed the full year to this quarter three or quarter four, um, which 
hopefully gives them time to make it something special. I think a lot of Halo fans were kind of skeptical with this one, and they felt it, and that's why they delayed it for so long. So, kind of crazy to delay a launch title for a year, but I think they realize that Halo needs to be good, and if it isn't, then Halo might be in trouble. So, Yeah, I'm definitely interested in seeing how that turns out, but, uh, yeah. Horizon Forbidden West, also... Quarter three, quarter four. I think we could see that one slip, but yeah, I, th- I think I, they won't want to get it out this year if they can. I feel like it might slip, but yeah. if it doesn't slip, that's my number one with Back for Blood number two, most anticipated. That makes sense. I mean, at this point, honestly, for my most anticipated, I feel like if God of War is a thing, that would probably be it. Um, but I'm pretty excited for Resident Evil after playing that demo last night. I think it was pretty solid. Um, Psychonauts 2 is supposed to be out this year, but, um, they've been pretty quiet with that one, I think. Um, so we'll have to see about that. And then other than that, I don't know if there's a whole lot else. Spelunky 1 and 2 are coming to the Switch, so Spelunky 1 is once again my 2021 game of the year. Um, (laughs) Rainbow Six Siege Quarantine. I think that'll actually come out this year. I think so too. And we were talking about this the other earlier this week because they've been so quiet about what year six for Rainbow Six would be. Um, they they must have been hoping this one was going to make it out this year or this past year, and it did get delayed. But um, you know, I'm curious to see what that really ends up becoming because I really love rainbow six and i'm curious to see what they would do differently in like the next iteration of the game um and it's so popular that i don't really know how how they could do it you know like what what i i don't know if quarantine will hook me the same way that siege has you know i mean i don't know if quarantine will be going for the same audience necessarily because it's like based on the early trailers of it it looked kind of like a more in-depth version of the the one event they had which may have been called quarantine or something i don't remember i believe so yeah it was a halloween event that basically played out as kind of a left for dead type scenario and it was a ton of fun and i i i was under the impression that quarantine was just going to be more of that it wasn't a halloween event it was no it was it was season one of like year three yeah, whenever Finca and Lion came yeah, out, it was, it was like, like it was like event. March of like two years ago. Uh, okay, but I never got to play that, so that I don't really have a feel for what it was. But like, it was cool. I, I don't but know. I don't. I can't. Like, I don't. I don't know how much I would care for a whole game of it. I don't know. But I just think that because they scaled back, even like how many operators they were putting out in year five and things like that, I think they're kind of winding down on what Rainbow Six is really like. I know they said that they had a ten year plan for it or whatever, but. I just don't know how much even I would continue putting $30 down on that game every year if, you know, we're getting less and less out of it each time. At right. this point, I would prefer, like, quarantine be its own thing and then them come out with a completely new competitive Rainbow Six game. I think I think uh, Siege has kind of ha- had its run. Like, there's... There's too many operators at this point, I feel. Like, adding more isn't going to help the game. Any, like, uh, 
they need to scale it back and maybe add a planning phase again, kind of similar to due process. That would mm. be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like the fan base behind that game would be really sad for them to be like, here's Siege 2 with fewer maps, different maps, but fewer maps and fewer operators. Like, I think I from a gameplay standpoint, I agree with you. I think it would really, really change and throw up the meta so that they could kind of like force different ways of playing. But I, I just don't really know how they can do that and transition away from the first Siege and, you know, make it successful. So. But anyway, that's everything on the calendar for 2021 at this point. I think in our bonus episode, we're going to talk about two things. And I'm springing this on mostly Brian, but also a little bit of John. What? There's two hardware releases coming out this next year, supposedly. One of which is the Intellivision Amico and the Playdate. We've talked about the Playdate previously. Uh. But we'll talk about both of those in our bonus episode. Our side quest that is coming out next week for those of you on the normal feed or you know the next day for those of you that are patrons and then we also have two video game based movies that are coming out this year in mortal Kombat and uncharted so we'll have to discuss if we are excited for these things and uh whether or not we'll be buying those consoles or seeing those movies um once uh on our, on our bonus episode so yeah cool all right well if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGamers.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, Chris K, and Alan K for their contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes, as Alex just mentioned, and you also get access to the Horror Movie Yearbook bonus episodes a day after they are created uh, and released uh, as opposed to waiting for them to show up in the feed a week later. So that's definitely a bonus. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. I think we mentioned earlier in the episode that next up we'll probably be talking about the medium. I'm assuming that's the case. When is our next episode? Uh, it would be the February the... Seventh. So I might also be able to talk about Werewolf the Apocalypse. So that's cool. Yeah. That would be cool. Yep. So anyways, that is all for now. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I will announce it here. Next week, our next episode's bonus episode is going to be Video Game Jeopardy, hosted by none other than me. So get excited. It's going to be good. I'm going to do it up real big. I tried to have it ready for this one. Quickly realized that I could make it quite a production if i put a little bit of effort into it how, how are we gonna it. buzz in that's the one thing i'm a little bit worried about but <laughs> you know we'll just have to maybe we'll have to give brian a handicap because i assume your internet's better than his john i don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's my true, internet's Comcast, that's my buzzer so. sound <laughs> natural b sound <laughs> But I I, uh, I figured I I could. It'd be really nice to have it in person because I have this nice uh, roadcaster. But I can implement some sound effects and things like that. That's why I wanted to kind of wait. Nice. Um, so, well, well I, uh, it'll it, be it, good. Go ahead, Brian. It's appropriate that you're uh, hosting it because only people named Alex should host Jeopardy. It's true. It's true. But no, it'll be fun. I'm excited for it. I have a good vision for it. So. Um, Please get excited for next week's, our next episode's bonus, next episode's side quest as well. Right on. So yeah, everybody, thanks for sticking up, sticking, sticking, sticking it out with us. I can't talk. I'm done, dude. I'm so. 
Uh, talking it up <laughs> on the Barry Gibb talk show. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening to our podcast. Uh, shout out to the dudes from the Jump Crouch podcast and uh, role playing and role playing podcast as well. Check those guys out. Uh, I keep forgetting to send Alex the MP3s yeah. to uh, do that. Put, put their bumpers. In between. Yes, please. Yeah. Anyways, uh, check out those podcasts too. And uh, yeah. Thanks again. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace. <laughs>